And in the community, we can improve our livelihood, but that also takes elected officials to help spur and spearhead initiatives to get that done. You know, there's a lot of change that needs to happen, and we are getting it done. So I bring somebody here who is getting in the community, a pillar of the community, and doing just that. Let me tell you about Mr. Robert H. Kelly. Make sure I put the the important letters at the end. J-D-M-P-A-M-A. Why do I say that? Because, first of all, he currently serves as the chief of staff for Commissioner Khadija Abdur-Rahman. And he holds a doctor of jurisprudence degree and a master of public administration degree from U-G-A, go dogs, sick them, okay? National champion Georgia Bulldogs, by the way, and earned his bachelor's degree at the University of West Georgia. So when you make sure you say his name, you say these letters too because he put in the sweat equity to earn them. I'll take it. Prior to entering the public sector, Robert worked for the number one consumer goods company in the world as an account manager on their Southeastern corporate sales team, managing $3 billion brands. Not one, not two, but $3 billion brands. That's amazing. And right now, currently, he is running for office. What office do you say? District 5. Fulton County Commissioner. Let's hear from the voice you can trust this morning. And I welcome to the morning machine and our studios here at Morris Brown College, the one and the only Robert H. Kelly, J-D-M-P-A-M-A. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Man, first of all, how's your week been? Man, it, it's been a crazy week. I mean, uh, oh, I'm sure we're, we're excited. Uh, you know, the election, as you said, is in less than seven days. Yes. Um, and so we are just pushing forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, around Election Day, it always gets hectic. So exactly. in we're on the other side. We're, we are the we as the listener, <laughs> we that are not in the world of politics want to know. Just how what what is the most hectic thing as it approaches the the day, the election day? Because we know the election day is already hectic, but right, leading right. up to it. And, you know, it's it's going up to election day. It's always one of those things that you're always asking yourself, you know, how can I reach that one next voter? Right. How can I, you know, get my name a little bit farther out there so people know that the the commitment that I'm making to, commu- to the community? And so, you know, all these things are going into mind. You know, did I did I reach enough people? Do enough people know what I stand for? Right. Um, you know, how can we get that last minute push that people can know uh, that you know one change is needed and that change is here and they they just have to vote for it. Right. And so, um, you know, those are the things that you know going up to the the day of election that that goes through my mind anyway. Let me ask you this, and I, I ask everybody who is a pillar of the community coming in, because in order for you to be a pillar of the community, right. there had to be pillars of the community that you looked up to growing up. Who were they? Well, you know, I, I was very blessed coming into this uh, position. I worked for the county for seven years mm-hmm. uh, prior to me running now. Uh, and when I first came to the county, one of the first uh, commissioners I actually worked for was the late and great Emma I. Darnell. Yeah. I'm not sure if you know her, but um, I worked for her as a senior policy uh, mm. staff member right. uh, up until the time that she passed. 
mm-hmm. and even even more so than you know just being able to do the great work that I was able to do under her I mean it's she was walking history you know yeah. uh my parents are Jamaican you know mm-hmm. both of my, my mother and my father and so uh you know the civil rights movement in America uh you know was was a little bit distant for me because mm-hmm. you know I just I saw it on TV but I didn't I didn't have direct relatives that went through it right and so you know having her and I mean she would just talk about you know just in you know this where this is what I was doing when that happened when Martin Luther King came down this is where I was and this is what I was doing mm-hmm. and uh, you know when the freedom fighters came through and and just for her to pour all of that wisdom that history of right. Atlanta of you know the greatness that is Atlanta you know just you're, you're driving on a way to event and she starts talking about these know these stories you know right those were those it, it made it even more real to me because you you're, you feel like you're working and walking with history Absolutely. um and so th- she's one of the people that made the, the one of the greatest impacts and just seeing her commitment to the community uh-huh. uh, you know it, it was amazing absolutely and you know when you get the rich history um it's all about knowing your community and absolutely. really deep ge- deeply getting in touch with the the residents the constituents of your community uh that you will be serving and you know that's why it's important but i want i want to take it even way back to sure. the old school i want to take it back to union square so where are you you're you're from atlanta is that correct or well, where so, are you from so i was uh born in connecticut yeah and um connecticut. and i came to uh atlanta when i was in high school okay uh so about 17 back in 2003 so i've been here for a good amount of time nice 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 so you've been so so you've been here since 2003 and i since you've been here what drove you to come to the position that you're in right now what drove you to get into the political realm sure okay so uh initially i was i you know i I graduated top of my class from west georgia uh you know summa cum laude and i Um, I had a number before I even graduated. I had a uh, a job with the number one consumer goods company, Procter yeah. Gamble, uh, and so I, I was out there making great money, living on the you know uh, on a beach for a little while, and you know just doing that, I was making great money. I was impacting numbers, but I still felt unfulfilled. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't impacting, and I and I knew I was always called to impact people mm-hmm. more than I was called to impact numbers. So literally, I less than six months after I left that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went wow, to law six school. Six months? Six months. You, you know, well, wow. I, I worked for them for three years before I graduated. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Um, and so when, once I was going to go full time, you know, and I, and, I, and I stayed there for about six months. Right. And um, it, it just, I wasn't fulfilled. And I, at that point, I knew that I would never be moved by money mm. um, because I was always called to impact people, not dollars. Um, and so from there, I went, decided to go to law school. And even in me going to law school, I knew I, I knew I didn't want to practice. I knew I didn't want to litigate. I knew I always wanted to create good policies for people. Mm-hmm. But at that time, you know, everyone that I knew that was doing that had a law degree. So I said, I'll go to law school. Right. Um, and then in law school, I learned of the maths of a pu- public administration where you learn how to administrate. And mm-hmm. I, they ended up letting me do a dual degree. So I got my nice. law degree and my master's at the same time. I was one That's of the initial classes to do that at UGA. Uh, and, and so what it really did for me is that it showed uh it taught me how to how the law works with the mm-hmm. legal aspect and right. how to create good laws but then it also showed me with the public administration you know when those laws are drafted how does the enactment of those laws you know how does the, the way that the laws are written 
end up really impacting people. Right. Um, and so really having those two uh, aspects, the law degree and the master's, mm-hmm. really gives me a holistic view on how to create great policy. And that's what I've been using in Fulton County. Absolutely. And, you know, when you over the years, you've been here since 2003. Right. And. I want to ask what have what when was that light bulb moment that said, you know what, I got to do this. Was there a moment that you said, you know what, this has got to change. And if this is going to change, I got to step into the forefront. I got to get into this arena. When was that light bulb moment for you? <coughs> so it, it was really interesting. So I live in the city of South Fulton and uh, back as soon as I graduated, you know, I had my law degree. I jumped out there. You know, I was like, you know, I, I want to use everything I have to, you know, start impacting people. And so I actually ran initially for a district seat on, in the city of South Fulton when it was first creating, right, being created. Right. I was District 5 of the city of South Fulton. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really when I really started, you know, getting to know the political movers and shakers in right, that area. Right. But as far as Fulton County goes, uh, you know, I sat in my office and, you know, the, re- the redistricting was happening mm-hmm. um, and... You know, I, I had really no intention to, to run at that time. Um, but when I was looking around and I saw a lot of resources going to the north mm-hmm. uh, side of Fulton County, and I saw the south part of Fulton County, that there had been things that we'd been asking for. You know, mm-hmm. sidewalks on Old National. We've been mm-hmm. asking for Whew. sidewalks on Enon Road. You know, that right, this past right. year, there was a lady that passed away, yeah, you know, from, uh, you know, trying to go pick up her mail. Mm-hmm. And mind you, we had been asking for sidewalks on national for four or five for years eons, at that time. Yeah. You know, and so when you continue to see people's lives being affected, uh, yeah. you know, there's detention ponds in the city of South Fulton uh, where I went to go visit some seniors as they have these detention ponds that are overgrown that the county hasn't maintained. Snakes are coming out of it. There's beavers in it, you know, and coming into their backyard. Mm-hmm. And so when you start seeing these things that, you know, the community has consistently been asking for and it's almost like a deaf ear being given to them, at one point you say, okay, well, if no one's going to do it, well, maybe God's calling me to do it. Yeah, and, and, yeah. So, and so that's, that was the light bulb moment that says, you know what, uh, you know, it's going to be an uphill battle because I am going against an incumbent. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if I, you know, prayfully when I do win, I'll be one of the youngest commissioners in Georgia. Mm. Um, if not the youngest, I believe, commissioner in Georgia. Nice. Um, and so, you know, to me I said, you know, this is a moment that uh, – I had the opportunity, like never before, to really be able to get out there and impact the people, impact my community in ways mm-hmm. that they've been asking for. And so, you know, you just you just kind of step out there and you you, you know do your best you can. Let me ask you this because there's a couple of questions that I have. The first one, and I'll let you answer this first before I get to the next one. First thing is for uh, our listeners that are not a little cool world. Uh, Tell us what District 5 is that serves in that in that area of Fulton sure, County. Sure, sure. So the new District 5, uh, after the redistricting, because every 10 years there's a redistricting, 80% of the city of South Fulton, mm-hmm. uh, East Point, College Park, Union City, mm-hmm. Palmetto, Fairburn, and Chattahoochee Hills. Gotcha. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a very big district that has about 178,000 people mm-hmm. uh, that this position would be responsible for catering to. Uh, and it's one that... You know, I've, I've been serving for the past 15 months, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm uniquely, I'll say, um, aware of, of the needs of the people in this area. Absolutely. Now, from that question, 
sparks this to our listeners who are yet again not familiar with the political world you mentioned the new district five redistricting every 10 years what is redistricting and how does it affect us in our community because when there's redistricting that means you shift you you may not know who you're who you're voting for in your district so every 10 years this happens why and how does it affect our community? Sure. So every 10 years, you know, the census happened and, and what the, the object of it is to do is it, it measures growth. It sees it shows, you know, where uh, people have moved into. And because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we want to make sure that uh, there is proper representation for the amount of people that have moved into that area. Right. And so our area in, in particular has is one of the ones that have grown the most. Um, out of all of the, I believe it was District 2 and District 6 in Fulton County, uh, we, we had the most growth over the past 10 years. Uh, you know, the commission in, in, in the southern region has, has grown to 250,000 people. Right. And then, you know, District 4, or at that time District 5, you know, they're at 160. Right. Right? So then you have, you know, someone that is, is covering a, a whole bunch more people over here, right? Uh, but only, they only have one representation, one voice for 250,000 people where this person gets equal voting power and they only have 160. So that mm. means that there's about 90,000 people that's different disenfranchised because these two people are getting the same vote. So what we try to do is that we, we look at where growth is across the whole county mm-hmm. and then we try to draw the line so that each commissioner has the same amount of people that they're representing uh, so that each 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 of those constituents are getting the same amount of power to influence. Nice. Got it. Got it. And, and, and thank, and thank you for explaining that because there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of us in the African American community that really don't follow politics like that and why there is redistricting. Well, why can't they just keep it like this? I mean, I had a, I had a good person already where I, where, where I am, you know, (laughs) why did they have to redraw the lines and this, that, and the third? No one understands that. And right. so I'm glad that you brought that point up because the redistricting is the way you explained it was fascinating. To good, me. good. I'm glad. And, I, yeah. yeah it, th- thank you for that, because, you know, the world needs to know and not everybody follows politics and right. has a vast understanding of this world. Right. Right. And, you know, but it helps to change the world, the neighborhoods, the communities that we live in. And so thank you for uh, explaining that. And so now the new district five, right? right? And you are running for commissioner. Yes. Why? So, so let me ask you this. There are a plethora of other things that you could do as, as far as serving district five. Why commissioner? So, uh, I started off the, at the county, literally, when I, when I graduated, people thought I was crazy, because um, I, I started off with a law degree, with a master's, right. and I started off working at a front desk, right? <laughs> <laughs> which, which is funny, right? Um, and it, it, was, it was just something that, you know, I, I said, you know, I want to work in government, um, and sometimes you just have to break your way in, and then you can kind of move up, you know, once you get into the organization, but... Um, so I st- started, as, as Drake said, you know, started from the bottom, now we're here, right? Yeah. And so, you know, when you start at the bottom of something, yes. you understand the organization intimately. True. You know, and so as I, you know, worked my way up starting there, you know, I began to talk to different departments, understand mm-hmm. what they need, how they work. Um, and so uh, from there, 
I w- uh, went to work for Commissioner Darnell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the commissioner side, this is how policies work. These are, you know, how good policies work. This is what makes a good policy. This is what makes a bad policy. This is how this works. And so I've, you know, I've been in that role, and then now I work for Commissioner uh, Khadija, of course, as chief of staff. Yes. Um, so the reason that uh, I decided that I wanted to kind of step into this role was because I saw the opportunity that there were many things that in Fulton County that are broken, you know, and that need fixing. And uh, just as the only person that is even on the board that has ever been an actual employee under Fulton County, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just think I have a unique perspective uh, of of the area, um, and more so than I believe the per is was was going to be running, um, and probably would have you know ran uncontested. Uh, and so I just I just believe that this is this was a unique time uh, for me to be able to use my unique skills, my understanding of the county, my understanding of the actual arena and uh, district to really impact policies and people. Right. Let me ask you this. And before we get to the bottom of the hour here, then I want to ask this. What has been the best advice that you've received from the time that you've set foot in Atlanta in 2003? All the way till right now, oh, wow. as chief of staff and running for district five commissioner, what has been that lasting piece of advice from a pillar of the community that has resonated <coughs> with you still to right this moment? Um, I would say, always remember why you started, mm. uh, because many times people get into these positions and arena and. Let, let's just be real. Politics is, real. A, is a dirty game. Mm, you know, from the, from the time that I jumped in this race, mm. the attacks have been crazy. You know, I yeah, yeah. I had to sue just to stay on the ballot. Wow. You know, um, from the moment that I stepped into this race, uh, the the board, because I was an employee, uh, and my, my boss was gone at the time. She was away on county duty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they didn't like the fact that an employee was going to be running for one of their positions. And wow. so literally... Two days after I qualified, paid my money to qualify, they uh, they created a resolution that said uh, no county worker can run for this uh, position. Wow. And they passed it. And so after wow. that, I got a letter that says uh, within two days, you have to choose whether you want to keep your job and how you're feeding your family or jump out the race. Wow. What was that challenge like to have to get that notice? Like. That that notice comes to your mailbox or however it came to yeah, you, yeah. and then you have to read that. You, you know, how do you? A lot of people would just give up and fold at that point, right. and seeing that, you know, because right. this is this is coming. This isn't coming like a. This isn't just a letter somebody typed up. This is certified. This is coming right. from the elected government. officials. Right. This is coming right, from right. the government. So it's like, whoa, wait, how in the world did I get here? Well, right. how do you overcome? Besides, you did say you had to sue to keep yourself right, in the battle. Right, right. But how do you overcome that? So? You know, you know. So I had to have a, you know a conversation with with my wife, of course, and you know, just say, you know, is this something that we want to you know pursue? You know, and I just I I'm someone that believes in in I'm very spiritual. I believe in God, and so I kind of just prayed about it and said, you know, is 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 this the path that you really had me to take? And I really felt a conviction, like go forth. And so from there, I said, you know what. Well, we're not going to take this because this this is what people are used to. And what I thought about is, you know, my wife and I are blessed to be in a position that we we were able to hire a lawyer and mm-hmm. sue them. Right. You know, but what about the janitor? You know, the person yeah. that's living paycheck to paycheck. Exactly. You know, this 
you know, anyone that is interested in serving the community sh and, and should be able to have the opportunity to, to run for office. Um, and so when I sat there in court that day, I just thought about, you know, all the people that could potentially be affected by this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if it wasn't me, you know, and if it, most people probably would have, that would have been over for them. You know, they would have said, you know what, I, I can't afford this. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just back out. Right. Uh, and so for me, it was more than just about me being in that position. I, I felt like I was fighting for all the employees moving forward, um, you know, that could have potentially been in that position and, and having their right to serve the community mm -hmm. and to run for office taken away. It was bigger than you. Yeah. The purpose was bigger than you. Right. And you had that mindset moving in. And so when you get notices like that, you know, and especially having your wife by your side, how, how right. long have you, have you been married to? So I've been uh, married for nine years. We, uh, we have two beautiful children, yes. Lily and Levi, four and two years old. Uh, we actually, uh, law, law, we got actually married in law school. Nice. Yeah, yeah, so. Awesome. And, and it, the one more question before we jump into the initiatives to the serious business. Sure. How ever so important is it to have your wife and your family? How inspiring is it to have them by your side, even through all yeah. of that adversity that came to your your hands in the right. form of that notice right. that was passed by government? By government. Wow. Like, right. you know, how how inspiring is that to just because you, even in the midst of that, you kept going. It right. didn't stop you because you you had the mindset is bigger than you right. and I need to serve the people. I'm not in it for them. I'm in it for the people right. of my district. Right. And that is the most important thing. A lot of people fail to understand that. So how important is it to have the family support, especially your wife? I mean, it, it, it was, it was very, uh, very important, you know, and just in all transparency for, yes. uh, for a little while, even when we were deciding, she thought I was crazy, you know, for, for running, <laughs> you know, be, because, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I make a, a decent salary as chief of staff and I'm actually making more as chief of staff than uh -huh. I would even make as a commissioner. Wow. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 it would be, a, it would be a sacrifice. And so we, we talked about it. Um, but once again, it's, it's remembering why you started because when I, even when I look at them, you know, the policies that are being made by this board affect my children. Yes, you know, exactly. They, they, are, they affect my neighborhood, mm -hmm. how my neighborhood looks. You know what type of development will come in. You know what this what this area will look like when my kids are ten, fifteen, twenty, mm. you know, twenty five. Right. And so, you know, besides having the support, to me, it's you know, you being in this position, you you have a direct influence on what your your kids' future would look like in in a major way. Right. And so. Once again, when you're kind of going in with that mindset, sometimes it's it's bigger than just you. You know, it's it's more about, you know, the community and, and how do you use what God has placed inside of you yeah. to really create a better environment than what you are, what you're currently seeing around you. Absolutely, absolutely. No, definitely understood. And it is uh, thirty two minutes, thirty two minutes past the hour worldwide on the morning machine with Robert H. Kelly, J.D. M.P.A.M.A. Yes, sir. You know those letters. Hey, you know look. what? You know, I, I may need to hire you. I need to I need to bring you around with me everywhere and let you introduce <laughs> me everywhere I go. I that might <laughs> be able to happen. You know, you know it's I, interesting. I, 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 might, I might just need to do that. Put you on retainer <laughs> or something. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk after that. <laughs> but he's running for Fulton County Commissioner District 5, the 
voice you can trust. And uh, speaking of trust, there's transparency because right. in transparency, you you have to be transparent in being able to meet the people, your constituents, your residents, your neighbors, where they are. So you mentioned that your drive is the future right. of District 5, our youth. Speak on the initiatives that you have uh, in regards to our youth. Sure. Um, and so the, the amazing thing is that being able to work with Commissioner uh, Khadija as chief of staff, uh, there are many uh, that's over this area now. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are many things that we, we have already in motion, mm-hmm. and it's about being able to continue and expand it you right. know, in, in motion. So uh, this past year, we started a, a youth initiative, which was an athletic symposium, mm-hmm. where we had a lot of uh, semi-pro players that were coming down. And oh, you know, like how you see those, those, those cheerleader camps? Yeah, that, you know, yeah. you have the hundreds of, of people all around that come uh-huh. um, to one place, and they, they have the chair camps, and it, it, it's it's a big industry. Uh-huh. We don't have anything like that. Wow, in in, in in the city of South Fulton, South Fulton County, we have nothing mm-hmm. like that. And so we said, well, you know, what if we can use these semi semi pro players to you know get all of the the athletes from around the area, the young the the uh, people in the high school that are playing ball and you know right like AAU right right yeah. you know they go up north they, they to, to do all their conferences exactly you know but we have nothing no one that comes down to this area exactly and so we want to start having these semi pro players train different teams and then create this big conference where they come here and you know the hotels here will get impacted yeah, yeah. the the economy here the restaurants will be you know come here and so that's one of the big initiatives that we started you know how can we start involving more of our youth and giving them something that they can be proud of right here in South Fulton County. And I, I noticed this said uh, you began uh, spearheading the planning of a youth athletics symposium. And that that was what you're speaking of, like right. the the AAU, basically AAU ball that, you know, would be more so homegrown right. rather than you got to be you got to be that one travel team to go up north right. and right. host that tournament. You know, it could be something different. And, you know, let me ask you this. Did you get into athletics? You know what? I... I was so weird in, when I was younger. <laughs> I, I got into the weird ones for, for some reason. What, you know, they're not weird. What did you get into? Well, so, you know, I because of my, my schedule and how, you know, I, I wrestled, you know, went to state with wrestling. That's you know, I not did tennis, weird. You know, but, you know, most, most times when people say that, you know, they go uh, they, the basketball, the football. Yeah, the traditional. Stuff, the traditional ones, right? right. So, I, you know, I did tennis. You know, I was varsity tennis. I was varsity uh, a wrestler. Uh, and those were just the, the two that. Uh, you know, my cousin, my cousin wrestled in high school, so I I, I understand. Okay, is, so so you get it. That's not okay. weird. Okay. I actually get it. That, yeah, those sports, these are sports that are not widely chosen. There we go. Tradition. They're that's not, that's a better way to say. They're it. they're not they're Tradition. not as of the popularity would think. You know, your right. your I I would like to say main f- four. When we say four, meaning you you know sometimes people do um, soccer. Right. Then you got your basketball, right. your football, right. 
and you know maybe another sport that's out there that you might tend to play. Right. right. Uh, you might even get into baseball if right. if you're baseball friendly. But wrestling, it's not widely chosen, especially by us. But I know, but I know one that I've watched their wrestling in high school, and that's my yep. cousin Zeb Davis in Willingboro, New Jersey. Right, right. So it's not uncommon, and and, 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 it, and it takes a lot more athleticism than people realize. You know, yes. you get exhausted very quickly. You know, when you're using every muscle in your body. Right. You know, trying to you know stop from being flipped, stop from being pinned, stop. You know, it's it's. I'm gonna tell you, it's it's a lot more complicated than it, than it seems. So don't don't judge the rest of us. You know, it's a very athletic sport. Exactly, and so you know, in saying that, right? When you speak on the youth sports, when you talk about basketball, you talk about football, the two main ones. You wrestled. Mm-hmm. Do you? also spearhead a portion of that initiative where it brings wrestling into the fold because wrestling was something that you were passionate about and you also don't see any wrestling camps or anything of that nature because yet again it's not why the widely chosen sport in our community we we go to the main ones that we always see on television right but Wrestlers have are able to do things as well. You could wrestle in college; it could help you with your career. Absolutely. So now, dialing it back, do you have an initiative in place that also speaks to that particular sport as well? So that way, you really focus in. Right. So for for the primary for the primary year that we as we were kind of working to start this, we we stuck to the ones that we knew that there was. Uh, would be widespread popularity for just because whenever you're creating an event, you want to, and, and starting it up, you want to kind of be, get things that, that people are really excited about. Right. You call it like the watering well. You go to the watering well where people already are and you pull from there. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, the, the, the symposiums that we currently have planned for this year was uh, the athletic one, and we had one that was kind of dealing with music, people that had, you know, bringing recording studios. And, yeah. You know, so we, we had those two things. Um, but we would love love to absolutely expand. Maybe each year we can do a different, you know, yeah. a different sport. Yeah, and, and I say that because there there are youth around the world that are listening to you right now that say, "Well, what if I don't want to play basketball? Well, right. what if I don't want to play football? I actually want to wrestle. I want right. to do something different. You know, providing that difference, that extra option, right, for our youth." goes a longer way than a lot a lot will think and and and, and more so than anything you know because you know i know that there's there's people listening and youth listening that you know they don't like sports either you know but yeah true you know what i want to really emphasize is that youth as a whole you're being thought about by your government yeah you know you're being considered you know we're putting resources we're allocating resources to do the things that is going to empower you that's going to better you that's going to uh, you know, help push you forward. Right. And so more than anything, you know, with my youth initiatives and all the programs that, you know, I hope to build up, you know, from there, I want them to know that they're seen, they're heard, and that they're taken into consideration more than anything else. And that's the that's the building blocks. That's the foundation right. for the future. And when you when you invest highly in the future of not just the district, but also the surrounding districts as well, because right. What you do in your district 
there's there's eyes watching. Absolutely. And those eyes watching will say, you know what, this is successful. Hey, why don't we why don't we bring your initiative over here too? And you know that right. that is it, I see it's working phenomenally, and it's building our youth right. to become best. Not not just better, best, best right. citizens right. for South Fulton. And, and 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 the reason why I think that's so important is, you know, I, I graduated when I graduated high school, mm-hmm. you know, I was I think I graduated with like a three point one. You know, I I just made hope, you know, mm-hmm. the Hope Scholarship. And uh they still have that, right? The Hope Scholarship. Uh, I think for, so. for college, right? Yeah. Um, but when I got to college, uh as soon as I sat there, uh I think it was the first week uh, there was this this program that had all these young black men and uh, that were successful and you know they just they went there and they they, uh, they had each of them speak and this guy was like you know I have a three point seven and I'm doing this I have a three point nine and this is what I'm doing and I'm focused on this and you know when I sat there I said you know what this is a moment that you know I'm seeing something and a level of greatness that I hadn't been exposed to before mm. and it was at that moment that I said to myself. Hey, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it too. Absolutely. Um, and literally until, you know, I had a 4.0 all the way until maybe senior year, I believe. Right. You know, but I know that if I had not sat in that room, saw those people doing it, saw those people that were concerned and were willing to give me their time, their energy, mm-hmm. mentor me and tutor me, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and so, and, and that's one of the things I, I want to be for the youth coming up. You know, them, them seeing someone that is not too far removed from them that is young uh, and that is, is passionate about giving them time, energy, being, you know, someone that they can say, hey, you know what, I, I see what you've been able to do. I've seen what you've been able to accomplish, you know, and if you can do that, I can do it as well. And when we speak of the youth, we speak of the youth that are the future, but we also have to realize that we still have our seniors out there speaking on, speak on the initiatives with our seniors. Right. So once again, when you talk about parity, uh, yeah. South Fulton County is the only part of the county that doesn't have, well, some people say North Fulton, but there's no multi-purpose center for our seniors in South Fulton County, mm-hmm. um, which is where a lot of them are able to um, go, you know, think about it. When, when you retire and, you know, you might be 70, 80, right. you know, a lot of times you don't want to just sit in the house. Yeah, nobody you know? wants to sit no there one just, just wants to sit in the house and just watch buzzer all day. Right, <laughs> right. And so, exactly. So having a place... That's that's close to them where they can go and you know learn how to learn how to you know use computers, learn how to stay up to date. Right. Some of them may want a Twitter, they went, may want a uh, Instagram, you know, and you they learn how to uh, to stay hip, how to type, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, just continue to have a, a good life, right. you know, and and do activities that make them you know feel like they're still young, that they're not forgotten about. Right. Making sure that we have services that's coming from the counties that meets them where they are. Um, and so I'm very passionate about ensuring that our seniors are not forgotten, you know, as because, you know, what's standing on their so- shoulders. You know, it wasn't for their taxes 20 years ago. We wouldn't have what we have now. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of them who are now on Social Security that don't have that that income. How can we make sure that they're not getting priced out of their homes? Mm-hmm. How can we make sure that, you know, they're not being gentrified and we're not raising taxes so much that, you know, even though they are the ones that pay the taxes for us to have what we have right now, when True. it's their time, you know, to kind of relax. Now they're, they're saying, I can't afford to live here anymore. Right. And, and it's interesting because you putting the initiatives in place for seniors, keep in mind, yeah, we're young now. But we'll eventually, we're going to be there. We are going to be those seniors. If you put things in place now, 
we get to experience that when we get there. Not saying we getting there soon, but when we get there, <laughs> that's, a while it's, it, right, a whole little while longer. But when we get there, those initiatives that have been spearheaded now right. will help shape our future as seniors as well, helping us to continue to be better yet again in the district. So you're so you're making things better. You're putting initiatives in place where you're making the youth, the future better. Mm-hmm. And when we get to and you're basically setting up our right. future Absolutely. in the same in the same token, because <laughs> we, you know, hey, we're not perfect, but we can all be better. Absolutely. And putting initiatives in place that will help us to be better when we get there. Absolutely. Is a different ball game. And it, it, it's a paradigm shift there. And so speaking of paradigm shift infrastructure let's get to infrastructure you mentioned those sidewalks oh my goodness those sidewalks on old net talk about the rest of the infrastructure what else is needed other than those sidewalks so you know the thing so the county goes uh just from not just from south fulton county um not from the city of south fulton but it also goes all the way down to uh, palmetto and chattahoochee hills yes um and and so there's money that comes down from the federal government you know uh, Biden, I believe, just put on a policy that uh, f- I think it's about $4 billion coming down. But we have to apply for those monies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to think about smart smart growth in South Fulton County. You know, in, in Palmetto and Chattahoochee, Chattahoochee Hills, uh, some of them still don't have broadband. You know, there's many people in those areas that they can't even work from home, do a home business, because they don't even have strong enough internet out there yeah. that can support it. Right. And so, you know, as a county, how can we leverage our business and our federal government, our state and local partners um, to to get what they need out there? Because just the providers, for example, AT&T, and I'll, I'll try to explain the issue very succinctly. AT&T wants to make money. Yeah. Right. When you put one of those pole towers there, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's uh, millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, if you have if you don't have the density in that area because it's so spread out, it's almost like farmland right. to, to support the 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 dollars of them putting that there then they're not they, they don't have the incentive to do it right and so then you have hundreds and thousands of people that want this service but there's not enough of them to make it profitable for a business exactly and so they go without and so we we see from the so from the county level we're saying okay how can we partner with a lot of this infrastructure dollars that are coming to 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 fill the gap and what does mm-hmm. that look like so, right. so things like that, when I say infrastructure dollars, our roads and our streets, you know, there's a lot of people that want to come to, uh, you know, and build in, in South Fulton County, but, uh, you know, they know that our, our water infrastructure is not there. So we're losing, mm. we're losing great businesses, you know, because we don't have the infrastructure to, wow. to, to for a lot of those businesses to come down here and be able to actually, you know, stay and, and build. So those are things that, you know, that I, I think about when I think about infrastructure. Yeah, utility. A lot of utilities, power, power being one of them. Water, you just alluded to. Right. Um, in in addition to streets and uh, tra- transportation, Absolutely. you know that's part of the infrastructure as well. Because um, you know you have a lot of uh, constituents, constituents, residents in South Fulton that are uh, public transportation riders, and you know those putting that infrastructure in place makes for thriving communities you know people need options and when they have options they're able to thrive a lot better and that's what you're alluding to in the world of infrastructure but even with infrastructure 
Oh boy, the issue of fair compensation, prioritizing our employees. That's a big one. Talk about it. You know, um, one of the things, and I think I'm uniquely, you know, aware of this because I started off as an employee, you know, under Fulton County. You know, I'm not, I didn't start off as a commissioner, and uh, clearly. And, uh, you know, starting off as an employee, you see what makes people stay, why many, why many of people are leaving to go to, uh, you know the private sector, mm-hmm. and and what we're we're in what we call right now the the great uh, resignation, where so many people, so many big companies are looking for uh, talent that you know that can pay more, that can that can do more, mm-hmm. that you know very the the talented people are are leaving, yeah. you know, and yeah. so mm-hmm. as as a as a government you have to say okay well if all the highly skilled talented people you know, uh, uh, choosing to leave, then, you know, we're left with a less capable workforce to serve the people of the community. Right. You know, and so when I talk about prioritizing our community, uh, our employees, excuse me, I'm talking about how can we create an environment of growth, an environment of fair compensation, where people want to come and work here and Mm -hmm. is proud to come and work here because not only of the compensation, but because they felt feel like they're developing, that they're growing, and that they're actually making a difference in serving the community. You actually, and you actually said it right. Prioritizing your community, you right. said it right the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> and, and I, I, I wanted to make sure I let you know that you actually did say it correctly because it's these initiatives that are helping to prioritize our community. So yeah, you, you actually said it right the first time. So yeah. And, and that's the whole transparency of it. And, um, now South Fulton, we know has a lot of black owned black operated businesses that thrive out there. And, you know, we, we speak about the nonprofit organizations that are based out of there. Uh, we're talking about the black owned black operated businesses that are out there that are thriving by the way. Um, how can we do more to, you know, attract those black owned black operated minority owned businesses to your district under your leadership? Um, you know, one of the things that I do when I work on creating policies and seeing, you know, what policies may work for South Fulton County is that I do a lot of research of, you know, our benchmark counties what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, that that work well and then I kind of see how can we apply this to our area um, <clears throat> but in Atlanta one of the, one of the things that they, I believe it's <clears throat> the invest Atlanta does um, they have pro they have programs that um, say if you're interested in starting a business right you know they will put you through a program that you know teaches you you know how to budget how to create your LLC thank you uh, how to create your LLC how to create your um, you know Format all your documents so that you don't get audited and end up going to jail, right? right. Um, and then what they do is that they they actually help you find a location, mm-hmm. and then they they'll actually give you startup money to start your business. Oh, really? Once okay. one, once once you've actually uh, you know passed the course. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because they they understand that you know the backbone of a lot of these cities and places are small businesses. That's and true. And so yeah. you know if we're over here waiting for corporations to come. And continue wasting, you know, spending all this money trying to entice corporations, millions and millions of dollars trying to entice corporations. You could take half that money and, and put it back into your community, the people that actually lit interest there, where you're truly creating a work, you know, live play environment. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be the people that are more invested in, you know, 
doing things for the local schools because their children go there. So they have a business and community. They live there. Their children go there. They're, they're more likely to partner with the, the schools. They're more likely to partner with community events because that's where they live. And so what you're doing is that you're investing in not just that small business, but once again, in, in a community of people. And so those are things, the, the smart policies that we can create that actually help, you know, kind of build the community that we want to see. And then it empowers families where you're making money, you know, you know, that even though the, the, the housing prices are, are growing, you have mm -hmm. people that uh, live in the community that are actually able to make, uh, you know, an unlimited amount of money. They're not working hourly for someone else and they can afford to stay in the houses regardless of if, you know, the, the housing prices are, you know, going up. Interestingly enough, because that live that same live work play environment actually leads to people being residents for decades, Absolutely. not just okay. All right, I'm here temporarily. I'm going to in about two three years. I'm going to look for a house right. on an, in an, in another district in another side of town, right, or right. you know, in another county or what have you. You start to get long longer term because. Oh, I like the neighborhood. I like what's going on here. And besides, I see so many of our people doing so much business over there. They're doing it right. What is the essence of hearing residents say that? Knowing that the initiatives that you put in place work. You know, I mean, it, it, it's a good feeling to look around and see something that you put in place impacting people. And i give you a yeah. great, great example. Um, one of the things I always say is, uh, and one of the things I want to fix is, you know, sometimes at the county we have people create, you know, these resolutions, these policies, and, you know, they allocate money towards it. But when you actually look at how it's written, it's not, it doesn't hit in effect the targeted audience that they're intending it for to impact. Right, so, right. like last year, we passed a resolution. There's a resolution passed um, <coughs> that gave, I think, was uh, it was mil mil it was millions of dollars to rental assistance, mm -hmm. right? Of uh, people that were about to get evicted. Right, uh, right. But then when I looked around. You know, there were still many, many people getting evicted. And I said, well, why this? When I, you know, was speaking to the magistrate judge, she was like, yeah, people are still getting evicted. And I said, well, why? She was like, well, many, many of them may not, you know, know about the program. And so they'll, they'll just, you know, you have the money sitting here that they can apply for. They don't know about it. And so they go, they actually go into the court getting evicted and losing their home. So I said, well, why can't we create a program where we actually put some caseworkers in your courtroom? And if you, and you put the caseworkers in the courtroom, that everyone that is going to get evicted passes a caseworker, and that caseworker can evaluate, hey, do you, do you, do you, do you apply? Do you, you know, is the landlord willing to take this money if we give it to them? Right. And you know, we were given up to, I believe, $18,000 know, in back rent utilities. Um, and so because of that program, mm -hmm. we were able to stop 500 families from getting evicted. Mm, the impact at, of that. At, at the wow. point of eviction in the courtroom at the eviction proceeding to the tune of $5 million. And so when you when you stop and say, hey, something I just did impacted 500 families, you know, stopped 500 people from being homeless with with their kids. Right. You know, those are the type of things that, you know, when I go home and sleep at night, I say, you know what, you know, I I did something worthwhile, you know, and it's those type of things that really motivate me and push me to keep going. You know what, and and, and you answer, <laughs> I don't have to answer that question. You you already answered that in one shot. And thank you so much for that. Four minutes, four minutes till the top of the hour and. 
first of all, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence as a pillar in the community uh, this morning right here on The Morning Machine. And remember, you're always home here. Thank you. But remember... Vote, people. Tell her, talk to the people about the vote. Yeah, please get out and vote. Uh, t- t- uh, tomorrow's the last day of early voting if you live in uh, Fulton County. Um, I ask everyone, please, please. It's, it's so important to get out and vote. Um, make your voice heard. Uh, please ask you to visit my website, robkellyforcommissioner.com. Um, and you can see all my initiatives. You can see um, you know, everything that I want to do, the things that we want able to talk about here. You can go ahead and see it at Rob Kelly. For commissioner.com. I'll put it in the chat as well. Um, and Tuesday is the actual election day, and we want everyone to get out and vote. Vote for change. Uh, you know, if you don't like what you've been seeing, it's only two people in the race, me and the incumbent. Um, and I'm ready for change, and I hope you are too. So I hope when you get there, you'll vote Rob uh, Kelly for commissioner. Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And uh, once again, an honor and a privilege to have you in our studio this morning to really have a transparent conversation about the issues and the answers and that is how we make it happen here on 102.6 the situation and the morning machine and uh uh by the way fun 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 question what was your record in wrestling oh wow i I, I, (laughs) I had to ask you know i I don't remember i know i went to state i i I, uh you went to state you was pretty good yeah i went to state i went to state i cannot remember what my record was but i did i know i was varsity i did go to state that's what i'm talking about you went to state that's what i'm talking about i always i always ask a fun question at the end because you know the people need to know the personality and you know you you have a lot of impact in the community but i say more so when you meet the people where they are, it's because the personality is there. It's right. easier to meet people where they are. And all of our listeners worldwide have have just been witnessed. They have a listening ear, and they've just witnessed that. So I appreciate you for your you. transparency. Thank you and, for your time. Uh, everything this morning.